Today on Quit the Build, what the heck is an NFT? I think it's an acronym, but either way, the internet is pretty upset about it. Also, probably some gaming news or at least gaming adjacent. Roll that intro. Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. What it do? You're listening to the QTB podcast. I'm your host, Bruno, and with me are the boys of QTB, our co-hosts, Nick and Brad. My goodness, we've got you back. You know, you weren't here last week, out for a week, which is fine. Brenda approved the PTO. It is what it is, yeah. but we're glad you're back because you are the the cornerstone, the foundation, dare I say, the entire comedy aspect of the show. In fact, we're so excited that I, I had to re- write you a special intro. If you could go ahead and hit it for me. I'll hit it. Here it comes. Podcasting's most exciting hour of gaming news, soundboards, and sassy conversations. Come on down to the best fake studio audience money can buy with inside jokes we've been recycling for months. It's it's the fabulous 45 to 60 minute QTV. And here's the star of our show, Bruno Pierce. Oh my gosh, wow. I could not have done it better myself. That was amazing. That's exactly what we needed, right, Brad? To get I mean, excited. Can you believe it? The energy in this room, the atmosphere right now is at 11. I feel like I can taste the colors. I can, you know, feel, I can like, you know, see the wind. We can see. I can see. It sounds like, isn't that what that Pocahontas is? I was going to say. She can yeah. see all the colors of the wind. I want all what of she's them. smoking, right? On shrooms. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. hey, you know, I, if 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 we can get down like Pocahontas, then we're having a good day. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, there there you go. Well, guys, we have a lot of gaming news to get into, so let's hop right into it. Today's big story brought to you by Warby Parker. It, look, don't put it off any longer out there. Get those glasses you've been talking about for all of 2021. Warby Parker is going to let you choose five frames from their website delivered right to your door for a free trial. And if you like any of them, they're going to ship you a fresh pair of prescription eyeglasses. They even do extras like blue light filters for those extended gaming sessions. If you visit warbyparkertrial.com slash QTB, you're going to get your five frames shipped to you today. Five frames, five days, 100% free. That's W-A-R-B-Y parkertrial.com slash QTB. But don't worry about it because the link is in the show notes. That's we right. Gotcha. That's right. Give, That's the, it. give the gift of eyesight this Christmas. After staring at a screen for long enough, especially games with small text, man, my eyes are burning like the Sahara. So I definitely need uh, that that blue light filter, right, Brad? Oh, I, I'm with you. I also have a pair as well, and it's amazing the recovery and the amount of like um, damage that blue light filter saves your eyes. Like I feel like I'm getting better sleep. My eyes wake up. I'm feeling more refreshed. Like the the ability to get cost affordable, great looking, you know, aesthetically pleasing gl- prescription eyeglasses with that blue light filter, you can't beat it. You heard the man. And guys, we have got this is such a fascinating topic and we've been kind of skirting around it for a while i know we've kind of dodged the cryptocurrency conversation (laughs) for uh, 80 some episodes but finally you know pop culture right the conversation has kind of uh, intersected between gaming and nfts with this big story from gamesradar.com talking about the game stalker 2 okay now this game um is a long-awaited sequel to a beloved game and that uh, stalker one that would be stalker one yes nailed it nailed it yep yeah (laughs) 
But I mean, how, how does and this is why we needed you back, Bruno? I knew, because I that knew hard you were missing. Yep. I knew you were missing, but I just wanted to make sure we were talking about stalker one. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have just kept talking. And who wants that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they came out on Twitter and they basically said that they had a, an announcement that they were going to introduce NFTs into this highly anticipated game. What? Yeah. And so, first of all, before we even go any further into this, because I know that this is a topic that we've been kind of circulating for a while. I'm going to kick it to you, Bruno. Tell the good folks at home what an NFT actually is. Oh, man, it's got it's a really fun word. I don't know why we uh, make an acronym out of it. It stands for non-fungible token, which is essentially just blockchain technology or blockchain information attached to art in some form. And it's a great way to add real world perks into and a virtual tied to a virtual thing essentially it's almost like a it's almost like a bearer bond you know and like die hard right. when they had the when they did the bearer bonds that's kind of what it's like it's like whoever owns this piece of paper gets this set of money attached to it or whatever it may be and so yeah it could wow. be it could be a skin it could be a you know a cool helmet or something like that right yeah and i mean brad you've been kind of monitoring this space right it's kind of a breakout thing in tech what, what what's your take on nfts like overall before we kind of dive deeper into this article you know i feel like it kind of is on par a bit with all of cryptocurrency i feel like if you're in the know and you're staying on top of it there is an opportunity to be had but i feel like the landscape is like the wild wild west right now for nfts there's not a lot of in terms of uh framing or scoping or kind of even just kind of framework to know where it's going to go and how it's going to really impact the gaming industry and i think that's right i think that's kind of leading into what we're going to talk about is what we're seeing in response to the, even these being pitched for for games and how they're going to be incorporated or be used and what is that what value does that bring an owner of a gaming nft you know and, and what does that look like in the future because i think for each industry nfts have a lot of potential and i think it's something that you're going to want to be knowledgeable of going forward in the next three to five years but what does it mean right now let's talk about it exactly and that's exactly what we're going to do it's actually a series of articles that we have here for this for this story so just to set up stalker two at because that is the the center point right Right now with with NFTs and kind of the controversy around them. This game has been in development hell for about 12 years. Ooh. It's going to release uh, in April of next year, but it was initially announced in 2010. It was briefly canceled, um, then it was uncanceled, but uh, it's been it's been in the works for quite some time, and a lot of people really have been anticipating this game. So they came out and said in an announcement that they were going to kind of have a novel way of incorporating NFTs, not even into the game, but just as kind of a publicity stunt for the game. They said, what we're going to do is we're going to sell one, count them, one NFT. We're going to auction it off. And the NFT is going to be for the ability to have the person that purchases the NFT have their face scanned into the game to become an NPC in this world. And it's a one-time use thing, right? So once somebody wins it, they then redeem it and then they're scanned in and that's that. So the question became, and rightfully so, why did this need to be an NFT? (laughs) Because the whole concept of an NFT is is permanently owning some kind of uh, of digital thing, yeah, right? right? Whether it be a, a picture right now, the you know JPEGs and that kind of thing are very popular as a, as a form of NFT ownership. Yeah. But now in the gaming space, they're trying to find other uses for it. So there is no NFT or blockchain integration in Stalker 2 whatsoever, and they made that very clear. But nonetheless, we're kind of seeing what, what public perception and backlash is doing right now with that vocal minority that loves to get on Twitter and get upset about things, <laughs> because they got so much backlash uh, as a 
result of that that just two days later, they pulled the original tweet. They came back out again and said, you know what? We hear you. We don't want to we don't want to upset you guys. We're going to pull it all together. We're not going to sell this as an NFT. So that promotion is now off the table. And I think that's that's the bigger problem right now. Like you said, Brad, it's the Wild West. And nobody really seems to know exactly how or why they should incorporate NFTs into a game, right? We're, we're in a really weird space. Yeah, well, see, this is the problem. And it's it's the main reason why NFTs get so much hate is because, first of all, people don't understand what an NFT is. <laughs> they just they just don't understand. They don't care. They think it's just a JPEG, right? Like, I just own this JPEG and this JPEG has money attached to it, right? That is the first idea that, that kind of goes along with NFTs. They think, here's a piece of art. Um, um, that anyone can take online and, you know, it, it's got money attached to it, right? Cryptocurrency attached to it. But that's not just w- all the things that it has attached to it. It has real world or virtual benefits to these to these images. So to where if you own a specific image, perhaps you get uh, access to specific uh, sp- special clubs or special networking opportunities or something like that. The idea of selling this as an NFT could work if whoever owned it could then put their face in as an NPC, essentially saying, well, the NFT works as to whoever sells it. They will then give up their rights to be in the game. And then that person can then put themselves into the game. But to say it's a one and done deal, you're right. It has no business being an NFT at that point because it's non-transferable. There's no reason to give this to anyone else because who the hell wants somebody else's face? You know, right? (laughs) I don't want somebody, I don't want John Smith's face over here. Who cares about Jimothy, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, you know, I was just kind of like thinking about it here and and that's really what's, I think, where we're still on the learning curve, right? For a lot of people, it's like, well, if I'm owning digital art or I'm going to be like, why can't I just go to Google and like, right click an image and save it right like what don't now don't i have it too like i didn't have to you know spend you a bunch of money on it you right, have but i don't art, have but you don't, I don't have the yeah right. you don't have the stuff attached to it you know what i mean and that's the thing like there's other things attached to this art and i think when things like uh facebook's meta become more prevalent and we're in a more virtual space like ready player one where we've got something like the oasis right where people can go in and there, there are f- physical things to be won from digital currency or, or digital games, then we're moving into territories that, that NFTs will naturally be a part of. But in this space, you're right. People have no clue what they're doing with it. They just think it's just some JPEG, right? That it's just some something that they can right click and have too, but they don't realize that there is information tied to this that specific JPEG that allows them to do different things. And this might be different in the future, right? This could be like an experience, right? Maybe, maybe if, if Ferrari sells an NFT that you get to come out to, you know, the Ferrari headquarters once a year, have dinner with the big wigs, get to see what the new Ferrari is, test drive it around the truck. You know what I mean? Like, 
like an experience, right? Like a, yeah. almost like a vacation, but it's a yearly vacation that they get to keep coming back to because of this NFT. Now that has real value. Somebody will right. really pay for that. Now let's let's shift the topic and say, well, why would anyone just want to buy something for art, right? You got to think about rich people. Rich people buy art to shift money around. They get mm. tax breaks and, and that sort of thing by having pieces of art, right? If you buy a, a piece of art and then reinvest in another piece of art, you can take the difference of that and then pocket that with it being tax-free. So that's why historically art has always sold for exorbitant amount of prices. It's not necessarily because it's worth anything, it being a square on a huge ass piece of canvas, right? No, it's because of the, the tax implications that go around the sale of that piece of art and right. NFTs are no different. But but Bruno, let me challenge you this. Let me ask you a question, right? With physical art, you know that when you buy it, you own that one physical copy. Yeah. You know, I remember reading earlier, you know, there was something about, I think there was an NFT of Logan Paul, like, you know, a, a Logan Paul video clip that sold for 20 grand, right? And it was one one NFT of that, right? Or like of yeah. his, po his Pokemon card, right? But mm -hmm. what, what would happen if Logan Paul decided to sell 50 more NFTs of the exact same video or the exact same Pokemon card, right? How do you ensure that the value of your NFT remains, right? It's digital, right? So how, you know, yeah. with a piece of artwork, you know, there's one copy, it, it's going to hold its value because no one else has it. What happens so, if the artist dilutes the market in purposely by releasing more NFTs of the same, the exact same video or, or content? It's a valid concern. I mean, the same thing happens with blockchain when, you know, all of a sudden they, they introduce a bunch of new yeah. coins into the market. But like I said, blockchain, it's really more of a financial conversation than a gaming one. But I think a great example of this is actually what Ubisoft is doing. So Ubisoft, uh, this is about uh, two weeks ago, they put out their initial announcement that they were going to be incorporating NFTs into some of their games. Now, this was around the same time that YouTube pulled the plug on the dislike feature, where like you can still <laughs> dislike something, but you can't see the count of who's disliking it. Yeah, yeah. Only the, the, the person that published the video. And so before they pulled the plug, it had a ratio of about nine dislikes to every one like. So like I said, the, the public Oof. opinion on it yeah. is very sour. Yeah. But if you actually look at what Ubisoft is doing, they're kind of solving that problem, Brad. So the game that they're trying to incorporate it in is in, is in Ghost Re Recon Breakpoint. So the first thing they're doing is they're saying, you can't just go in and buy an NFT, or you can't go in and mint an NFT. To mint, so let's let's say they have, a, they have a helmet in game, like a mask style helmet, okay? If you want to mint an NFT of that helmet, you have to have a certain amount of play time. The helmet is the most. You actually have to have 600 hours of play time Ooh. to get that minted. <laughs> now, once you mint it, right, you have the right to mint it. It creates that helmet, which while it looks like any other minted helmet, it has a unique serial number on the front of the helmet that is visible to anybody that is playing the game, right? So let's say that I am a huge name YouTuber, okay? I'm a big gamer. Um, and I get this helmet minted, right? I could then go and then sell that helmet to someone else because, again, that serial code is unique, right? And now it has value because it's attached to me. And what they did in their announcement trailer, they show what they're calling Ubisoft Quartz. It will actually show you the history of who owned it. So now you can see not mm. only, okay, here's the There's serial the number. Yeah. yeah, but you have, you know, some huge streamer out there, like, you know, like Tim the Tatman. Yeah. And having his name on it and that serial number that, that shows that is his, I'm now wearing that. Now you are, you're kind of selling your brand. I think there is a lot of value in that for, for big name gaming brands to be like, hey, our person has worn this and now he's selling it. That's going to increase the value. And then oh, yeah. it, that automatically also creates a supply and demand, right? Because if I grind and log 
600 hours and mint that helmet, but I want to sell it. No one's going to want to buy my helmet. <laughs> like, I'd buy your helmet, Brad. Oh, I know you guys would. But that, you know, that's what I'm saying is the average gamer's NFT or helmet, you know, wouldn't sell the same way that a, a, a famous or popular YouTuber or gamer would, right? And and But it and, would if, if no one else could get that helmet, right? So well, that's, the, that's the counter, right? So it's got to be a balance of like fame and, and clout versus well, grinding. Well, not necessarily or like, fame. Think about, think about Fortnite, right? Think about the backlog of content that we've accrued on Fortnite because of the battle pass content that we've completed. Some of the cosmetics that we've we've received have been because we've done some sort of in-game event or or something like that that was a limited time, right? That you could only do if if you were playing the game and existed during that that time, right? So I think that when we look at something like video games and NFTs, I think Fortnite has this the the setup, the setup for that, right? Yeah, yeah they right. they have the basics for all of that to to essentially say this is how much your account is worth because of how much you've put towards skins, right? You know, and then you could you could easily rank that amongst other gamers of who has this content. They do it all the time, right? How many achievements have you received that are diamond achievements in game era and uh, Xbox? You know, that's that's essentially saying like less than you know a certain percentage of gamers have this achievement. And I think when we look at it that way, we can see a value from a gaming perspective, right? Where we can say it doesn't matter that I'm not famous. The content that I own and that I got is something that universally anybody could want. Right, right. And I don't want to get too into the weeds here because it's still an evolving territory, but I'm thinking of like an achievement, right? Like I could see like, are we saying that once you own the rights to that skin or that cosmetic, you can use it? Or is it just that you own the rights to say that I own, you know, the Red Knight skin from Fortnite that, you know, so-and-so used to use? Like, like what what's the extent of owning it, right? Is it just to own the rights to that digital art? Or is it to say that I actually can now in-game use what I purchased? Because I, I don't see value in owning an achievement if it's just saying, well, I own a diamond achievement that someone else earned. Like, it just, right. uh, unless it has significant value that, that ages well. I don't know, Nick, what do you think? I think Ubisoft is actually onto something with the way that they're trying to approach it, right? Because they're, they're, they're trying to get away from what I think is the scammy side of NFTs and blockchain, which is, you know, it's so easy for anybody to come in and just mint something, right? And then, you know, hype builds up and then there's bubbles. So by having it set up so that, yeah, you ownership means that you are in possession of it. It has a unique serial number that can be seen. That that really does help. Now, I, I want to point out that, that Team Fortress 2 basically has been doing this and the game's been out for a very long time because they have a system with Steam where there's an inventory that's in Steam, not in the game. And as you play Team Fortress 2, you unlock hats randomly. There are crates that you can spend money on to open up that may have a chance of having a hat with an extremely rare like particle effect. And those particle effects end up having an aftermarket value. And so people will go on and they will trade one hat for another because, oh, you have this super rare hat with a very specific particle effect that's like a one in a million shot. You know, I'm willing to trade you X number of keys to open up other crates, that kind of thing. It creates an in-game economy. The concept of this has been basically battle-tested before. I think the concerning thing is Ubisoft, for all of the, the hype that should be behind the launch of Quartz, it's been out for a couple, I think about four or five days now, and this article from Eurogamer is saying that they've only had about $400 in, in trades for the NFTs that have been minted, and so nobody is really doing anything with it. Zero yeah. of those helmets have been made. To be fair, like I said, you need 600, 600 hours 
hours, hours of playtime before you can even mint one. So I, I think they have the right idea, but even in this article, they're saying that Ubisoft themselves are disappointed um, in, in what Quartz has been doing for them. It seems like it's the right idea, just at the wrong time. I think back to the the, the glory days when microtransactions were vilified in a, in a similar way, right? Think about Skyrim, the legendary news article that came down because some they, they found out that they were selling that like 10 $15 horse armor, right, in the game. While they got absolutely eviscerated for that at first, once that happened, it became more normalized and then everybody started to do it and now look at look at the gaming landscape today. It's all microtransactions. Yeah. You know, the, you have the ones doing it right like Fortnite that make it yeah. cosmetic. Some don't. Yeah. But I think I think this is that first warning shot where these poor souls were the first ones yeah. to come up above the ground, right? It's whack-a-mole. We've got the, we've got the mallet. They got whacked and now everyone else is like, okay, now we see the wrong way to go about it. But at the same time, I think that their system makes sense. I'm conflicted. So I think the the biggest thing that we can all learn from NFTs at the end of the day, this NFTs really give digital rights to the, the, the person, the person that owns it, created it, whatever it may have been that worked towards it, right? The, the in-game hours that you spent on your account when it says, don't, you know, you can't sell your account or blah, 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 is going to be a thing of the past. Accounts are going to be sold and traded the same way that these cosmetic items can be sold or traded. I think that it's just a matter of time. And when we give people the rights to their digital accounts, that's Web 3.0, right? We we start off with, you know, the Web 1.0 where we can purchase things online. Somebody else offers something, we can partake in it. Web 2.0 is something like, you know, us connecting with each other and sharing with each other by creating something ourselves for the online landscape. Uh, Web 3.0 is going to be even further giving rights to individual people, to the accounts that they have. I think that the current landscape of this entire system in terms of how we categorize the ownership of digital things will be solved with something like cryptocurrency and, and NFTs. And it's just a matter of, of figuring out the best way to implement that. And if, if you want my bet, I would say that if Fortnite continues to do what they've been doing and create this social experience that they have, imagine a digital concert that only a certain few can go to in Fortnite because of an NFT. I mean, we're, we're going to change, change the landscape here, right? I mean, think about the lengths that people went through to get that galaxy skin that was, mm. that was exclusive uh, to mm, people, to yeah. you know, to Samsung users, they would go into Best Buy and hook up their account <laughs> yeah, and play were. so that they get this skin right <laughs> now. Add that to a game like Fortnite, where maybe, you know, this NFT not only has access to a specific skin that no one else has, but maybe also has access to exclusive events or behind this, you know, behind the scenes, maybe backstage VIP passes, right? Whereas a Fortnite person, you can actually get 
get online and talk or play with celebrities, then these things have real value behind them. And that's what gaming, that's how gaming is going to change. I guarantee you we're going to see that type of change because people will shell out money to play with Ninja. They will shell out money to play with Snoop Dogg, right? Like if it becomes an NFT, people will jump on that aspect. And I, I've given it to you for free. There you go. Everyone out there, that's how you want to get started in NFTs. Create an experience where you can sell a, a low NFT to normal people and then make it experience where they can play with you. Boom. You've got instant NFT success. There you go. That's my two thoughts. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. I was going to say, I, I, yeah. I was banking on my you know niche fan base on Assassin's Creed. I completed 100% of Black Flag, so I've got those rare achievements, but it sounds like that's going to not be my, <laughs> be the route. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. So, so before we, before we move on to this, I will say something about this, right? Okay. In Xbox, if you have over 50,000 gamer points, you get special discounts on games and you get special rewards and whatnot. And that also increases, I believe at 75,000 gamer, gamer score points, and then a hundred thousand gamer score points. So to say that you're a achievements won't be valuable isn't true because people could easily want to buy an achievement for from someone or you know if and I'm not saying we're talking you know huge amounts of money here Brad I'm saying you know maybe five dollars or something like that someone might purchase an achievement from you but if that could help somebody get across the threshold of that 50,000 gamer points where Xbox says you know once you've reached that status, you get uh, additional discounts, then that changes the landscape of NFTs as well. It's just, I, I don't understand personally how these companies don't have someone as creative as me just sitting here was, spitballing <laughs> with you guys regarding this say, type of crap. Like, I, I don't this, understand it. <laughs> this sounds like you're auditioning for the role of the new, the SEC of the of, of the NFT mar gaming market, yeah. right? <laughs> No, I don't know. If anybody out there, any anybody, <laughs> see, I don't, I don't want to be the Gary V of gaming here, but come on. This is you, like a Do you have a TikTok? Do you have a TikTok? <laughs> this is like a slow pitch softball, yeah. right? <laughs> do you have nine to 12 minutes to talk about NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's crazy, Bruno, because you mentioned that, but like, I got to say it again, Steam has already laid yeah. the groundwork. They have a system in place where anytime that you complete an achievement on any game that's on Steam, they don't let you trade the achievement, but they give you a collectible trading card in your Steam inventory that represents that achievement, yeah. which then you can then trade on their market. So the, the, the really hard to get achievements, right, have very rare trading cards attached to them that then have more value. I mean, most of these cards you, you can trade for like five cents. Yeah. But there are games, maybe they're like discontinued games or it's just a, a or it could be a, an online game that's no longer functional, right? But yeah. you got the achievement before the server shuttered. Oh, Now sure. that is worth way more. Yeah. So the, the groundwork has been set yep. for that. So I, I really think, you know, we need to look more to Steam. Again, I think Ubisoft has the right idea. I just think they got their timing wrong. Yeah. And I, I do want to point out this, this last article from VentureBeat about the topic because the Blockchain Game Alliance announced that NFT games 
generated a total of 2.3 billion, that's billion with a B, in Q3 of this year. And the the statistics on it are fascinating about, you know, the age demographics and and, and gender, location, that kind of thing, mostly Europe and Asia, not not a shock at all, um, about just where where this money is going. A game by the name of Axie Infinity from Sky Mavis dominated uh, the NFT game trading volume, reaching a record high 2.5 billion in trading volume. Um, Other games like NBA Top Shot and CryptoPunks also having similar things. And that's another problem, right, is that a lot of games right now which are trying to incorporate blockchain or NFTs, they're not really functionally that great. They're very few and far between. A lot of people are trying to like scramble into the space. Yeah. And they're putting out games that don't look good and don't look interesting, but they're just trying to say, oh, cryptocurrency, you know, as a thing, as if that's going to make just people flock to and play their game. Yeah, this is Um, is why NFTs and cryptocurrency get the hate is because of BS like this. It's the crap that you have to sift through the bad ideas that that are constantly the like you said the the money grabs right the people just out to to see if they can make a buck in the space you know it's yeah. almost like the when flappy bird got delisted or, or he pulled it down and then all those flappy bird knockoffs came up all you the know clones. <laughs> yeah my phone still has the original flappy bird on it it's gotta be worth something it's gotta be worth something I'm not uninstalling it ever you know to build on your point nick i think there's something about you know there being such a large growth and it's it's at its infancy it's growing so quickly even from 2020 to 2021 they were showing that the survey of these members among these 300 or so companies 198 of them joined this year right so you're yeah. seeing two-thirds of this alliance join this year which is 186 percent growth just in one year right and when you really even look at the market even more they were kind of you know quoting and saying that there is you know there's i think we're seeing a shift maybe in the industry right i think before the biggest driver behind industry growth for gaming has been around the valued gameplay right and like when you buy yeah. a game how is it play is it fun does it look well but now i think you're going to see it change and shift to maybe a play to earn right being the biggest you know industry growth indicator for the market right we they want to now pay to earn to own and create that digital goods right and it's not just the game it's just a fascinating topic and one that i think really deserves some time because there's just so many articles popping up just in the last week alone that we're reaching that decision point right where we know it's going to happen in that same article about the uh, the blockchain games generating such a crazy amount of revenue a survey revealed that over 80% of the respondents thought that at least some major gaming companies, AAA gaming companies, were going to incorporate blockchain into their games in some way in the next two years. So even though people are reluctant, there's still that sentiment of like, I guess, yeah, it's probably going to happen. I I just think my my, my thing is right now, and I'm going to make some beef right now. We're going to get some QTB beef. That's right. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Atari, because the, the the people that are first that race, right, to NFTs and blockchain, they're making it look so scammy because most of them are scams. And Atari <laughs> is a shell of a company. It is not what it was back in the heyday. It's changed hands so many times that the people holding on to it now have no interest in actually producing quality games. They just want to leech off of, of the brand of Atari, right? They're saying, oh, we're going to open up Atari hotels. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> they released a, 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 a cryptocurrency blockchain called Atari Token, saying it's, oh, it's going to have all these practical purposes. It's going to be great. You can use it at our hotels when they eventually open. The initial coin offering was 25 cents per <laughs> when coin. They eventually right? open. <laughs> yeah, when they eventually open. 25 cents per token. It's right now, it's sitting as of this recording at about 6 cents. So, and I, I mean, it crashed almost immediately mm. when they released that token. And now, the only thing that you can use it for is gambling in their online like metaverse casinos, Atari casinos. I'm not kidding. So if you wanted to play some blackjack with a devalued token, 
token. You've come to the right place. Nice. And NFTs, they did the same thing. They keep releasing all these waves of like loot boxes of NFTs where you open up a pack and, oh, I got a digital copy of Asteroids. Not even a playable one, just an NFT, <laughs> uh, like 3D image of, of the game. Like it, it, it comes across as so scammy and it gives these this tech a bad name. So to everybody out there, beware of the people that are getting there too early because I, I really think a lot of them are wolves in sheep's clothing. But also look at what, what Ubisoft is doing. They are not trying to rip you off. They are literally setting a barrier and saying, we're not even going to give you the option to buy this NFT, to mint this NFT, unless you've actually played the game that it's going to be a part of. They don't want any of that overnight, you know, oh, to the moon stuff, yeah. you know, Dogecoin nonsense. <laughs> they actually want there to be value that's based on your brand and the rarity and, and then the importance of, of your play and the, the worth that it generates. I think there's something there. So I, you know, let, let's continue to watch this space. And I just ask our listeners to keep an open mind about it because it's a very interesting emerging market. Yeah, a lot of people are going to do it wrong, but let's not punish the ones that actually do find those practical applications that really can change the way that the gaming landscape is right now. Agreed. Rant 100%. over. And yeah, you know here comes what? the hate mail from Atari. If you want, if you want to hire some creative thinkers out there, you can check out PearsUnlimited.com. Oh my gosh. That's right. That's right. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pierce Unlimited, right? Yeah. For marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business, visit PierceUnlimited.com. And Brad, I know. You love our Patreon supporters just as much as I do. You got to list them off for me. Oh, Go. yeah. We got to give a big shout out and thanks to Nick Nick, Epicapture Productions, The Dudas Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, and Mr. Grove Games, our lovely oh, Patreon subscribers. Yes. You love to see it. You love to hear it. Thank you guys so much because your support really does directly fund our network and keep things rolling. If you want to support us as well, go to patreon.com slash quit the build. Tier start as low as $2. Get your grandma a shout out on every episode of QTP for Christmas. It's the gift that keeps on giving all year round, Clark, right? Just like the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Jelly of the Month Club. Well, I'll tell you what what is not given uh, all year round, and that is the supply for Xbox Series X hardware. I tell you, it seems like the oh. Xbox Series S. Yeah, you can you can get if you really want to walk into like a random department store, maybe like two weeks ago with the holidays. Now it, it, it's a very different landscape. But a Kmart, if there's a Kmart out there, <laughs> if the one Kmart, the yeah. one, if there's like one Kmart left, I guarantee yeah. you they have one. Kathy, just ask for Kathy in the back. I'm sure there's a Kathy working there or a. Yeah. This story coming from IGN.com talking about uh, the Xbox Series X shortage. So what's going on is Halo Infinite had a recent tournament in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And by the way, it, the, the viewership of that, it's the most watched Halo esports tournament in history, wow. which I think is a great sign because Halo's tried to play its hand at esports in the past and it's been, you know, rocky at, at best. But I think it's great that uh, it's getting such great reception right now. It was very fun to watch. I will say I got to catch some of it and it was um, when it wasn't having some technical difficulties there are a few but you know no big yeah. and why were there a few well maybe that's because they didn't actually have regular xbox series x apparently yeah the dev dev kits that's what they got just a bunch they of did, dev consoles so. wow <laughs> they did during the tournament there was an announcement made uh, on twitter by the guy who is the halo esports and viewership lead at 343 industries kind of just giving a quick disclaimer like getting out ahead of it and saying hey guys we don't have any series x we don't. And this is Microsoft's game. <laughs> and mm. saying that we initially 
we wanted to have a Series X for every player, but instead we're gonna have to go with the Series X dev kits, right? Now the good news is that they basically had them set to a retail mode that made them basically functionally identical to a standard Xbox Series X. But the thing is that if that were not an issue, they wouldn't have to tweet it, right? Because they, they wanna get out ahead of the story. It obviously wasn't their first choice. It just kind of uh, continues to highlight this ongoing problem because it just seems like every year, it's almost like the pandemic, you know, every year we think, oh, we're on the tail end of this thing, everything's gonna be fine. Nope. And then all of a sudden there's like this cascade effect where the chip manufacturers are like, yeah, not so much. And then the the game, you know, the console manufacturer are like, yeah, definitely not so much. And then the, the retail, like Best Buy and that kind of thing are just like, oh, hell no. It's a daisy yeah. chain. I got caught up in this, you know, during my, my hunt for an Xbox Series X. Best Buy had a program where you can apply for a Series X and then you can pay monthly payments with no APR. Now, I didn't need to make monthly payments, but that was the only way that I could get one. So I put in my information, I get approved. They're like, great, we got a, we got a Series X coming to your local Best Buy. It's going to be great. Um, and then like a week goes by, two weeks go by, and it went from, yeah, we're going to get it, you know, on on Tuesday to we don't know when we're when or if we're going to receive it. Yeah, big time wumps. And eventually I had to cancel the order because it just, it never showed up. Um, and I think that's the big problem is that the supply chain is just struggling. At, you know, at these chips, is this ever going to end, guys? I don't know. It sounds like it's the the Series XXX three strikes and you're out, right? I mean... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, to I told everyone, I told everyone back in the summertime in, in May, you know, when I initially got my... Like when we when we initially got ours, Brad, I, I mentioned on the podcast that if you wanted one, you needed to get on the ball now. And I told everyone exactly how to do it, how I did it. I did it via Octoshop and and literally just kept going there every time I got a, a, a notification that something was in stock and I tried to get it uh, several different times and finally, you know, got lucky through Best Buy, but you know, it's not something that you were going to easily be able to pick up during the holiday season. And it only got worse, of course, because everyone is trying to get one now, like especially with Forza Horizon 5 releasing back in November and now Halo Infinite. These games run beautifully on the oh, Xbox wow. Series X. And I, wow. I couldn't be happier playing this with little to no load times on these games. I mean, it just makes a very seamless next-gen experience that is worthy of buying the next-gen system just for the sheer speed of them. You know, I'm not sure what it's like on PlayStation 5. There aren't a lot of exclusives right now from them to really, you know, showcase that power, but I, it, that's not to say that the old games won't receive that upgrade as well. So yeah. honestly, you know, if, if you're on the fence about getting one of the systems, it's only going to become harder and harder to get as time goes on. I foresee this being like the Nintendo Switch, where it has been nearly sold out its entire lifespan. Like, yep. you can't just walk into a Target and pick 
up a Nintendo Switch. Like very, you you you'd be lucky, right? Right, Brad? Oh no, I I think this is going to go on for for at least another three to five years. I mean, let alone the popularity of the games that are coming out, but just the fact that uh, you know, like I, I was reading that Nintendo has had to cut down their Switch production by twenty percent due to the chip shortage. Like I think wow. it's going to be con, it's going to be across the board. I think Xbox is going to see the worst of it, but you got to think all of these chip manufacturers, all these companies supply to all these all you know Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, right? So you know, are we going to see an increase in price of the systems to counterbalance this challenge? I don't think you can do that now because you've launched it, but I, I suspect us ha- people having issues getting Series Xs for at least another three, maybe five years. I mean, it's it just I, I don't see this going away anytime soon unless we we see a huge change in in, in the market in terms of of how uh, consoles are made. I still stand by my initial stance of if you can't get a Series X, just stream the games from your Xbox uh, One since you can do that, right? Yeah. Get the the Xbox Series X mini fridge, hook up a fake HDMI cable from the fridge to your TV, tell your friends that you've got a Series X and then blow their minds when you open it up and there's beer inside. (laughs) (laughs) A winner is you. And by the way, big shout out to Joel, aka Kung Fu Penguin, who came in clutch and set our boys here, Bruno and Brad, up with Xbox Series X mini fridges. Yes. You guys are winners. And yes. Joel's a winner. Thank oh, I you can't... so much, Joel. Thank I'm you, so Joel. excited to get that. Big shout out to Kung Fu Penguin. That's twitch.tv slash Kung Fu Penguin. You can check out his live stream or you can always go to quitthebuild.com slash network and check out all of our partners. But he helped us get an Xbox Series X fridge and I couldn't be more excited because you're right. I am going to blow my friend's mind. I'm like, oh yeah, you see the new Xbox? Yeah, it's <laughs> check this out. Yep. And then grab an Arnie Palm me in there. <laughs> nice. I'm going to blow everyone's mind be like, there's no chip shortage. I open up the fridge. Look at that. I got a big bag of Lay's barbecue in there. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think it's a great example because the reason why Joel was able to find those was because they have it set up that you can't go onto target.com and see the inventory for any, like where they have it in stock. They It's in-store only and online will not tell you anything. So Octoshop won't come into play for you, Bruno, mm. any of those retail trackers. If you want to get a Series X fridge, you have to hoof it to your local Target and hope that they have it there. And that's what happened to him. He ran into it. And that's why it's anti-scalper, right? Because if you had that online, they would have been snapped up instantly by the bots and then they would have been sold for double the retail price. It's already happening. So by having that safeguard of, look, if you want to buy this, you need to walk to our store, and that's great for them because even if they don't have it, right, then you're in the store. Yeah. You're probably going to do some other other kind of shopping while you're there. I think that's very intelligent, and I wish more retail stores would, would start to do that more with this next-gen hardware so we don't have to play that that rat race with understanding, you know, browser extensions just to have a chance at MSRP. Well, well and on top of that, Nick, too, I think it would help actually realize the real support supply and demand with bot buying and, and it, I think it artificially inflates the, the the demand right not saying that it's not there but like all of a sudden you see how quickly these are selling and it's all of a sudden now these projections of how many units are needed for next quarter or the next year it's just growing exponentially to saying wow it's cr- it's cre- it's almost in a way creating the chip problem right if people actually were just going to their stores hoofing it down to their target or Walmart or wherever and buying what's available then then you almost can kind of control the supply and demand a bit more but with all this online buying all 
sudden it becomes numbers on an Excel spreadsheet that keep growing and growing week and week out, quarter after quarter. And all of a sudden now it's like, we got to have a million units by the next quarter or whatever that number is. And it's just, it's not realistic in terms of the actual supply chain logistics to deliver that in a timely basis for our, for the audience to enjoy. And it then it just creates this tension and this animosity that folks are like, wow, you're just not making enough or you're, what's the delay? Come on. Like I want my system like I used to be able to get it. And it's like it hmm. the dynamics of the market have changed and there's got to be a way to, to, like you said, counter this anti-scalping and, and help out the average consumer get to your consoles. You know, I think about a lot of the stuff that I see on TikTok as I'm, as I'm scrolling through, you know, I'll get something of, you know, how to make a quick buck on Amazon, right? Buy such and such thing from Alibaba, flip it and turn around and sell it on Amazon for X number of dollars, right? It's not, it's not life-changing money. It's not life-changing money. Those, yeah. those little flips like that. It's no different than like getting a vending machine and putting out a vending machine someplace. It is a very lucrative idea to put a vending machine in somebody's establishment and stock it up with cans of soda or bottles of soda, whatever it may be, snacks that you can charge quadruple the price for and grab yourself a few hundred dollars. I wonder if the landscape of commerce is going to change to empower people to essentially take things from these stores and resell them at even higher prices like they're already doing to the point where we're just going to get more and more of this in the future of like people essentially snatching up other things like all the vacuums that they have. I mean, it could, you know, the, the same idea works, right? Like you, if you hold the entire inventory of something, then you can charge whatever you want for the price. (laughs) So So what you're saying is, hold on, (laughs) what you're saying is we go to our Walmart, local Walmart, we open up a new Walmart, we call it Walmart, but it's in stock. We go over and we buy everything from the Walmart, we bring it over to Walmart, but it's in stock, and we sell it for double. Bruno, print it. We're going to make zillions. We've launched two new businesses on this podcast. The NFT market. In one episode. And Walmart. Listen, listen, I don't know. I I don't know if if it's the pot talking or if it's just the fact that we're three geniuses, but I can't for the life of me believe that there just isn't a smarter person or more creative oh person God. out there in one of these companies, right? Because this seems like the type of conversation they should be having. Not we, not us. We can taste the colors, Brad. There, there it is. That's what I'm telling you, Jen. So we've the met the metaverse is real. Oh man, and it comes in your choice of five fun flavors. Well, everybody, look, it has been a fun conversation. And I think a good one, kind of one of more our, our more businessy conversations, but a lot of just interesting news that hasn't been really been about game releases, but more just about the landscape of gaming and a conversation that I'm really glad that we had. Speaking of business, you should head on over to quitthebill.com because Woo! we've got all sorts of stuff there for you from not only our blog page, which we're constantly updating with all sorts of great stuff, but we also have our merch page where you can pick 
up all sorts of great uh, quit the build gear. Don't forget, like Bruno said, to visit our network page so you can see all of our network content. And for heaven's sake, please go to our community page because we have so many great ways for you to keep up with us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. We even have a Discord. We've got original content uh, that we're putting out on TikTok. If you want to hear me talk about stuff, that's great. You got anything else for the people, Bruno? Go check out quitthebuild.com and everything we got going on there from the homepage to the contact. We have everything for our community to check out from, from other podcasts to live stream content to some music on there. Brad, you have anything for the people? Yeah, I just got to say one, you know, it's the end of the year. You know, Christmas is in a few days here for us all. I just want to thank the QTB community for their love and support this year. This is a great time to relax, recharge, refresh, spend some quality time with your family and your friends. And I appreciate you taking the time to spend an hour with us each week this year and into next. You know, we love having you all listen to us and, and hear what we have to say. And we look forward to you continuing that next year. So from all of us, from me here at QTB, thank you. We love you and have a wonderful holiday. Until next time, for Nick and Brad, I am Bruno. And for Bruno and Brad, I'm Nick. And for Nick and Bruno, I am Bradford. Peace out. What it do? Hands up, do we kind of cool? Support for this podcast comes from viewers like you. Visit patreon.com slash quit the build to join the QTB crew today. Thank you.